recording. All right. All Welcome right. back, fellas. It's another another day. Another day. We're back in America. One of yep. us. I'm officially European now. Yep. 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 He I went was up. so close, so close to Faroe Island, but didn't get to go, and it hurt my soul. Oh no! I was yeah. on the island, like where Faroe Island is, but <laughs> it's a big island. Okay, I'm not even gonna get into <laughs> your whole trip and why I have my <laughs> issues with it, but that is criminal. That oh my god, what a nightmare! I'm so, why did you not? Oh, I'm glad you didn't tell. Me. I had to not. I had to not think about it. I had to not think it because I also didn't realize how close we were going to be because I didn't think we were going anywhere near and that's why I was fine. And then when we got on a ferry, a three hour ferry ride, which was sick, uh, and then got to this island and I was like, wait, what town are we in? And then I pulled up the little map and I was like, (laughs) so, so fucking close. Uh, on your own honeymoon, you couldn't even go to Bergman Island. Well, not we're gonna we're gonna do that proper later. Okay, so. okay. This, All right. Well, let's time. not get into that today, everyone. <laughs> but nope. that's crazy. All but right. Well, yeah. If anyone right. wants to send uh, to pay for a trip to specifically Faroe Island, I just wanted to sit under the sacrifice tree, and then obviously everywhere. Bergman, and also I forgot my dude Roy Anderson, his shit. He shot a couple out there too. Um, I think you're forgetting Mia Hansen loves Bergman Island. She makes me sad because she, I feel like, is very like a very personal attack on how much time I spent early in her career trying to convince folks how good she was, and then once she got a little bit of. Uh, acclaim every movie since has just been designed to make me look like an idiot <laughs> saying she was good. I still like the early ones, but dude, Bergman Island is truly like an abysmal experience. I, I got abysmal. in a very heated debate with some people about that movie once. Uh, who I don't know anyone who likes it in real life, and I hope I to do. Keep I know it someone. Way. I know someone who we both know who might run a, a film label that's new and puts out great stuff who I've argued with incessantly. And I think it's only because of their fidelity to a certain canceled bit, small time director that makes a cameo in Bergman Island. Ooh, I hope people, I wonder if anyone could figure this one out. I hope they do. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about, right? Yeah. yeah. My good. I do when I didn't know that. I, that's my theory, that. but he really like will kill people over his opinion for Bergman Island, which really I would honestly I'll try to I would even try to entertain it because I when I first watched it, I straight up thought I disassociated and didn't actually see it. <laughs> yeah, I maybe we're wrong, but it's like, dude, it's, it's, like, so it's not a bad, bad movie, but it's like, oh, I think it is. You think it's I bad? think it's bad. I think it's genuinely like bad uninspired filmmaking on top of the most uninteresting like sorry to use everyone's favorite word but most uninteresting solipsistic shit i've ever seen but to no value i love i love filmmakers who 
can only turn in on themselves and look at their own shit when they do it well. Fassbender's whole career is solipsism and it's stellar. (laughs) I'm not against it, but God, that movie's not about anything except being rich and writing. God damn. (laughs) All right. You've convinced me that I was probably correct in my that movie. All right. Well, there's a nice way to start the episode. Just trash me a hands and loves. (laughs) We're back. We're back. Yeah, we're but again, back. her her other her earlier stuff still lovely. I revisited some of them recently, and they're still very very good. So, well, she's been dethroned on the queen, uh, the queen's seat because, as we know, our good bitch Greta is now <laughs> the one holding the scepter. Or something. The one I, I will say I did love when they whoever. I, I got to stop calling everything that's written an article because we should really start to uh, delineate as the world burns. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, the one, the one that was like, you know, the art, art film and art directors are dead. Greta Gerwig sold out. And I love the truth. Everyone was like, she didn't sell out, dude. She's it's always been the goal. She's always been very open about it. Her goal was always to make big ass movies. It's yeah. Not, like, even seen it. it has nothing to do with if i hate it or love it she didn't she literally didn't sell out by definition <laughs> oh i agree yeah she did not sell out well here's the thing because everyone wants to know about barbie and talk about barbie and oh my god the other night i heard some people outside my window going hey barbie hey barbie we're going classic today this is yep og we're taking a break yeah the the pervy shit is on is on the on the counter or what oh boy <laughs> i'm so sleepy all right yeah it's on the <laughs> shelf and we have a whole wealth of things to get through so but we're really kind of this is going to be a fun show kind of catching up with some stuff because yeah we'll talk a little strike we'll talk uh, just some movie news because some things we've been talking about are now taking on a life of their own, starting with, oh boy, uh-oh. What was that face? Oh no, we just got some really unfortunate news on Deadline, and I'm not, this is not a joke. Oh. We have a death. No, who is it? You're not going to like this. Who? One of our favorites. It's not Rich. it's not the big one. <laughs> Who though? William Friedkin. Oh shit. Damn. Buddy. Wow. <sighs> Damn. Sometimes you just you pull open the dumb deadline and you're like, what's going on here? All right, breaking news bulletin. Uh wow. as of a couple hours ago, William Friedkin. 87. Wow. That's crazy. I, I, I literally just rewatched last night The Hunted. Oh, so that's good. Why? Oh, that's that's breaking my brain a little. Yeah. Well, I can't because my brain's already is already cooked with, of course, Paul Rubens going. Uh, God damn. Yeah, this. Oh. Wow. Oh. 
Here they go. Well, there you go. I mean, there's one of the there's one of the absolute 100% greats. Uh, we obviously don't need to say anything about Exorcist or French Connection, but because uh, you can't say anything else that would, uh, you know, help solidify how perfect those movies are. But even as just as perfect, I you might know them, but I'm just going to list our favorites. Sorcerer, mm-hmm. Cruising, mm-hmm. To Live and Die in L.A., there, there are really, there's very few that are not loved. The boys in the band. Boys in the band's great. Oh, so good. And we're, you know, we've been talking about it anyway. We won't spoil it, but we'll be shown. You can uh, potentially in one of our ventures coming up this year. And we definitely will be now. We were planning on it anyway, but now we got to. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's relevant talking about, uh, you know, Coppola bringing up believing this Hollywood of yesteryear is possible. Friedkin was one of the greats who could work within that system and truly crank out incredible stuff. So I, I, I'm, oh, but, damn. It doesn't say, yeah, there's no cause of death. We don't need to know, but, um, 87 you know that's not uh it was today he it was this morning yeah Yeah. this is as fresh as can be yeah i mean i haven't i don't even see this anywhere else on the internet so deadline is you know coughing it up right now fuck well um i guess all the fun i had uh doesn't seem as fun anymore yeah damn well you know yeah and i hope this really isn't a time for people to like dunk on some of his weird like social political beliefs that he's spouted off over the years like what are you gonna do you know it didn't make him a bad person for some things he said you know he's like a kind of a religious dude I, i don't know i mean I don't know. There's I mean, as, we've, as we've said many times, not only is, you know, everyone a crunchy person, even if they don't want to admit it, but I promise you, if you live a life in the spotlight where every time we talk, it is recorded and put down, there's not a single one amongst us who wouldn't also get in trouble periodically. So keep that shit to yourselves. Or if you want to do it, if you have to do it, do it, uh, you know, in an interesting way where you can even say, you know, let's look at the how this relates to his art and all this stuff. And then you can even use the word, the complicated legacy of William Friedkin, if you want. God damn. Yeah, I was kind of looking forward to his uh, his comeback movie coming out. Um, Did they shoot it already? I think it's completed. Yeah, the Kane Mutiny Court Martial. Yeah, shit. Well, I wonder if yeah, it'll... Did yeah. he? Because I assume <clears throat> I'm guessing this was not out of the blue completely. Um, probably had some health issues or something. I wonder if we. Uh, I wonder if it's a situation like with a fucking Prairie Home Companion, 
where he called in PTA in case he didn't make it through. May, I mean, uh, I wonder if Friedkin had anybody doing that too. It's possible. Wow. All right. Well, we, I guess we'll have to move on. It's just kind of like, damn, that is crazy. Uh, I guess I'll take this opportunity to recommend one of the more forgotten. Uh, I don't know. You probably find it on YouTube. It's uh, his sequel to Cat Squad. Python Wolf. The Cat Squad movies, pretty good. Pretty fun. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're a real nice show of like who he could still be as a filmmaker. I mean, I guess he just had Rampage between kind of separating his like hot period. And I know you love Rampage. It's Rampage is a good movie. It's mm-hmm. just not, it's not the le- I mean, it ain't to live and die in LA and it ain't cruise. I mean, nothing are those movies. But I'll yeah, as I as I've whined to you many times, if anyone out there is gonna watch Rampage, hit us up if you don't have it. But it's actually very hard to find in its original theatrical version. It never went past VHS. So if you even get DVDs, whatever, it is the recut uh when he kind of felt differently about how that movie ended. So definitely watch the theatrical cut. And watch fucking Jade. God damn it. I just rewatched uh fucking Bug and Killer Joe a couple weeks back. Killer Joe is really incredible. Oh, but Bug. I you know, yeah. I thought I I thought I really loved Bug. But wow, what a I haven't I haven't seen it in probably I don't know, eight years. I've been watching that movie wrong the whole time. I think it's even better than I ever thought it was. <laughs> Seeing it now, I might rewatch it now. I mean, <laughs> yeah, uh, The Guardian. There's a fun movie. Is it? The, it's not the Exorcist level, but The Guardian uh, is a very fun movie. Uh, I, I like Blue Chips a lot. I know that's a pretty kind of like shit on movie, but when I, I don't know. When I was younger, I really liked that movie, and I rewatched Blue Chips recently, and oh, I really dig it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty good, and. Uh, yeah, Jade. Maybe you'll have a chance to see Jade on the big screen in its proper form. Oh, and, uh, anyway, I, yeah, we just can't sit here and be like, wow. Although I will say, here's two I want to ask you about. And, well, of course, you're going to like them. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are your feelings on the Brinks job and deal of the century? I was going to bring up Brinks because I'm, I'm a big fan. I figured... <laughs> <laughs> I, it's hard for me to get past that like that goofy like like you know like we're telling it like the old days in new york you know yes. it's the 40s and we're doing a, it it is strange that like right between like sorcerer and cruising is the brinks job yeah well it's really both of those that one and deal of the century are really odd because they're kind of childish despite the subject not being that way and despite it being William Friedkin who especially still in that era was not (laughs) trying to make like uh you know easy soft movies and both those kind of are um yeah but the century is one of the softest movies yeah but it's I mean both of those to me the performances 
carry it through Gregory Hines in a uh, deal of the century is amazing. Um, Chevy Chase. And also, yeah. Yes. He, he clearly does not want to be there through that whole movie. Yeah. yeah. No, he's really bad. Um, I mean, Sigourney's great as always. Uh, Wallace Shawn also, <laughs> as always. Oh, yeah. Shows, well, shows in that. I mean, I don't think they're, they're definitely uh, pretty far down if I had to make a ordered list of Friedkin, but I got love for him because it was also part of the reason is I had tapes of them when I was young and it was uh, when I was still not allowed to watch R rated movies technically. Mm-hmm. So I knew who he was, he was one of the earlier ones my cousins told me about was Friedkin, but I couldn't watch to live and die or cruising or exorcist or whatever. So I watched what I could watch, which were those. So they're a little, you know, it was a, <laughs> for some reason I saw those movies before the big ones. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that makes sense because I remember the deal of the Century VHS tape very clearly from my local movie store. What? Um, yeah, I mean, you know what? Maybe I'll rewatch it tonight. Yeah, it's, I think it'll be uh, more more uh, pleasant of an experience than you expect. You know, it's just you think something about a satire of the military industrial complex and arms dealers might be a little more biting, but... Uh, Nope, it's PG and Chevy Chase is cut out of his fucking mind. Yes, he is. I was gonna say he's so cut out in this movie. Like I'm waiting for his goddamn nose to bleed. <laughs> like it's really that bad. It really does look like he's like seconds away from having an embolism. <laughs> it does feel like he was probably like Freakin probably felt like he was out of his depth there because it's like he's throwing everything at the wall. That, that's what that movie felt like to me. It's like let's try everything. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I think my guess is, I don't know if this is true or not, because I've never dug into it, but I'm sure since he it was so much with Warner Brothers and that was long enough ago, it could have still been like a package deal for how many movies he had to make yeah. in a certain amount of time. And maybe also, because what, is it 83 for Turn of the Century? No, it's, it's up. It's like, oh, no, yeah, it is 83. Yeah. Yeah. So that like Chevy Chase is at the height you know, or, you know, still very high up as far as being an international superstar. And maybe that also was just Warner Brothers was like, you got to make a movie with him in it. <laughs> we have this one about drug stuff, uh, but it has to be PG also. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting how these like big directors were probably forced to work with Chevy Chase. You know, I think like George Roy Hill was like Funny Farm or like yeah, that, one works, that one works better. Carpenter with Me- Memoirs of Invisible Man, which I like a lot. I love that movie. I, I, I do think that that's the one time where Chevy Chase kind of works in these. It's like, every once in a while. Like, he just really had to have someone who could actually out-asshole him, which really tells you how monstrous he must have been in 1983 if Friedkin could not out-asshole <laughs> Chevy Chase. <laughs> Can you imagine yeah. like, how incredible he was? <clears throat> i mean well it's kind of timely now that I, I know that they're finally releasing on blu-ray the uh the actual theatrical cut of the exorcist well again because it was out it did come out in the first round of blu-ray Very early. Both, and we yeah. released it again without it <laughs> oh. uh, yeah sorry freak your spirit hovers lovingly in here but 
not not that kind of the exorcist buddy not that one but I, you know obviously it's because i'm glitchy because this just happened to us yeah but it's really sad to see another person go who had a big fucking personality that was uh not just always agreeable to make sure no one was uncomfortable we have less and less of that. And so even with shit like The Exorcist, I'm glad Friedkin was always loud. I'm glad he, even when I didn't agree with the guns, he was sticking to. <laughs> I'm glad that he did it because yeah, we just, the the more people who are like that, the, that we lose, the worse, the worse it's going to get, you know? Yeah. So. And, and we just need to leave the French connection alone. Let's quit dealing. Let's quit dialing up the color. Let's quit removing dialogue that makes Popeye Doyle a bad guy. You mean that that accurately represents the character of Popeye? Doyle? <laughs> yeah, maybe we. Yeah, <laughs> things that are kind of central to who he is as a character and why that movie is such an explosive cocktail. Like yeah. that would be cool. I mean, that would be cool. God, I, now I just need to put Sorcerer on tonight. I think. Yeah, and I gotta. God damn it! Yeah, we gotta watch his tales from the crypt. Which, which wait, what about? Oh, we've the, never. We've uh, it's uh, Dead Man's Chest. It's not great at all. That's the. It's movie. not great, but I think it'll. Uh, I think I'll be in the right mood to give it a different look. Um, what the last it? one I want to ask you about, though, for sure. What do you think about his Twelve Angry Men? Whoa, I forgot that he did that. Yeah. Uh, I know I saw that because I know I had to watch it in a class. Yep. That's I, I saw that before I saw the original one because we watched it in school. I guess I don't remember. Jack Lemon's in it, right? Yeah, dude. The cast is insane. Edward, Edward James almost. <laughs> no sorry do that I don't, I don't know what to do i'm trying to i i want to make sure i do the right thing but you know i love your jack lemon yeah i love doing that i do i do jack lemon like all the time well i just uh, <laughs> dude, this, yeah, look at the cast list though man courtney v, fucking courtney vance ozzy davis george c scott dorian harewood james gandolfini tony danza Love Tony, uh, my boy. I love him too. But yeah, Edward James almost William fucking Peterson. Wow. Uh, wow, Gary William McDonald. Peterson's in it. Wow. Yeah, dude. He's juror number twelve. <laughs> sick. That's kind of sick that he put William Peterson as the twelfth juror. Yeah. Wow. He's like, hey, I won't put your ass in this one, but will you <laughs> come do another movie with me? <laughs> do I need to watch this tonight? No. I think it, I'm excited. I haven't seen it since I was a kid. Because yeah, we because in my school they were like, oh, if it's in black and white, they won't watch it. They won't pay attention because it was that era of the '90s where they were like, kids won't watch black and white. Uh, so they showed us fucking Twelve Angry Men. Yeah, color from yeah, television. It, it's so funny to think about like people today. Like, there's so many like internet people who are seeing this and they're like. I really got to get caught up with his work. And then they get to Killer Joe. <laughs> and they're like, uh. <laughs> the fucking best. That's, that is a movie 
uh, we've talked about it before on the show a lot, but when I, when I got really mad when Tarantino first said that thing about directors not being able to make good movies once they were old, you know, Killer Joe was the Friedkin one. I was like, riddle me this, Quentin. <laughs> this this beautiful old man just made one of the <laughs> loudest, nastiest movies that I've ever seen in a mainstream theater, you know? And I feel, I've also always thought that Marty saw that and was like, you know, I've been thinking about this Jordan Belfort guy. <laughs> I, you know what? I think I'll make Wolf of Wall Street finally. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Billy. Possible. Yeah. You know what? Maybe Killer Joe's getting put on tonight. That's been a while since I've seen that as well. Oh, so. Fucking incredible movie. God it, damn. Yeah, I remember thinking that was incredible. So I think this episode just turned into a William Friedkin uh, appreciation. I, I don't well, feel it has to. We can't. We can't. I, I don't feel like <laughs> I don't feel like moving on from this right now. Um we can just keep talking about it. I don't yeah, think we're uh, capable. You know what? We'll put the new yeah, we'll put the news on the other one. Um yeah. I, I this is just ridiculous. Like it's not every day that we do this dumb show and then we I turn on deadline and I'm like, let's look at oh, what dumb movie is be getting something something today. Oh no. The king. The This the, has never happened to us. We've never gotten death news while we were recording. You know what? We re- we're releasing this today. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Damn. All right. Well, let's keep talking about all of his fucking movies. It's true. Yeah. Let's <laughs> keep going, man. I mean, like, damn. I was like just sh- gonna show uh, Rosemary cruising too. We were like just talking. Oh, about I haven't it. seen. It? No. That's gonna be. Y'all are gonna have the best time. <laughs> Yeah, I, that's one of my absolute Okay, this, this is fun. One year, the second year I was doing the horror marathon at Music Box, I toyed with an idea. We only did it once because um, people didn't like it except for a couple. But I was like, it, maybe it would be fun to dig up some of the horror-themed music videos from over the years and toss them in front of movies that they could match with. You know, mm-hmm. and the first one I the first one that came to mind, one because uh, Laura Brannigan is one of my favorite people as far as pop music ever, but her video for Self Control, directed by William Friedkin, is fucking amazing. If you have not seen that and you like masks and faces and creepy shit, it's so good. So truly one of my favorite music videos ever. Um, I- yeah, I might put that on later. I will, I'll put that on with the Wang Chung video. <laughs> um, oh man, I. All right, let's. You know what? Let's do a little thing to make it so that people can. Uh, where can they find some of these movies? Let's go through the ones we think everyone should see, and maybe where they can stream them. Because if you're like us, you might be thinking, "I really need to watch some of these tonight." Yeah. Oh, let's take. A look and we'll do that for you sorcerer you need to see sorcerer if you haven't seen sorcerer there is no point in watching any of the other things we're talking about yep Put and Sor- it's also one of the ultra rare moments that i will say it is just fine if you don't watch the original before you watch that remake because Absolutely. that's how you do the fucking remake and both 
are stone cold masterpieces. Wages of Fear, the Clouseau yeah, one is the fear is good. But Sorcerer is just a fucking powder keg, though. Well, the it's uh, it I like Wages of Fear, but it no joke, it improves on Wages of Fear. Yeah, I think so too. It's so which perfect. Is crazy, which is yeah. crazy because Wages of Fear is arguably a perfect movie. <laughs> I, you have no like. I'm not trying to denigrate it. It's just like. Oh, Sorcerer no, is another it. level of like perfect uh filmmaking. So yeah, this is about some people who are on the run. They've like in different parts of the world, they're they're criminals and they're on the run. So they go to the South American town. While they're there, they have to basically try to find a way out of this horrible fucking little shanty, poor as fuck town. And they get a job offer to tr uh, basically give them enough money so that they could get out of this town. But the job is they have to transport a truck full of nitroglycerin through the jungle. What Which, else? Uh, do you yeah, need? Great roads, great roads and jungles. So you can see where it's headed. <laughs> yeah. And if you love stunts and like pr you want to see practical effects done on a level that is going to make you cry with what you're get being given today, it's that like the scene where they are getting that fucking truck across that bridge that's really happening they have a truck <laughs> suspended on a rickety bridge over a fucking roaring uh like jungle river yeah it's madness yeah. it's mad it's sick it's one of the only times in <clears throat> hollywood movies uh, outside of the really early Wild West days where <clears throat> you can do the test, even though we don't need to talk about what he's like now, but you can do the test of my favorite with stunts like that is would Herzog have been happy with how insane and how far you went <laughs> when he was in his heyday. And that's one of the rare times they did it like Herzog would have done it because it's unsafe and it's insane. Yeah. And some would say it's needless but those people didn't watch the movie because it could not pay off more. And it's fucking yeah. incredible. It's yeah. just great. It, uh, it truly, it's an annoying term, but it will literally take your breath away. That movie. It will. And then even, yeah. And, and looking up the hit, we weren't going to go into the whole history of sorcerer today, but um, it's one of those great, like kind of like cursed films in that, the studio did not know what to do with it. He went so over budget. It's never good to try to mount a South American production on a mammoth scale. It always, something, something always goes wrong. <laughs> but um, I mean, he was fighting with the Teamsters. He was fighting with like locals. There were like gangs trying to fuck. It's like it was not an easy shoot. The studio hated what was happening. They did not like that it was called Sorcerer because they did not know how to market it because they were like, so it's like a another exorcist. <laughs> it's like, no, that's the name of the truck. And it's a perfect title, you know? It, it says more than it should. And uh, it, 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 yeah, the movie was basically just engulfed in so many like issues. It didn't get properly... Um, the studio didn't invest enough in uh like advertising it essentially and it just kind of it went to die and it's one of those movies where you're like this movie went to die yeah. 
Yep. It's crazy. And he's got the fucking screenwriter of uh, Wild Bunch on it. I forgot his name. They got the Ken Russell's cinematographer. You know, he really. You can tell. You can tell. It looks. <laughs> it looks incredible. Uh, Eastwood was almost in it with John Pell Belmondo and Lino Ventura. I just I don't want what we have to not exist, but I really if if like the the really smart science people say there are genuinely different fractured timelines in existence. Fuck, give me that one too. Can you imagine that movie? Lino Brock alone is enough to make me sign up for that shit. Well, Lino Brock is not in it, but Lino Ventura is. Lino Brock would have been a whole other scene. Lino <laughs> I'm getting too excited. I'm emotional. <laughs> no, I get, it. I get it. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, Lino Brock is showing up. Lino Brock and the chimpanzee from Every Which Way But Loose in Sorcerer. <laughs> That's what we're confirming almost happened. <laughs> uh, yeah. Ah, also, if you, uh, if you live in Los Angeles, I will say... Uh, the new Beverly relatively regularly plays this movie, right? A lot of people do, but the new Bev plays it with the six track mag sound. And if you've not been lucky enough to experience, cause a lot of projectors can't do magnetic sound. Yeah. Um, the new Bev can. And I, when I, you know, I didn't know about that shit until I actually moved out there. Um, I didn't know anything about magnetic sound. And someone told me it was Sorcerer. They were like, oh, Sorcerer's playing. And I was like, yeah, I've seen it in the theater. And they were like, no, 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 you have to come. It's magnetic sound. I didn't know what that meant. And I was like, yeah, whatever. It'll just be loud. <laughs> it was crazy. No, I was gross after that movie because despite how many times I'd seen it, I was so wet with sweat. So if you get a chance to ever see it at the New Bev with that magnetic sound, do not miss it. Oh, You'll it's be sweating. Amazing. It's amazing. It's like the it's it's crazy. It's nowadays like the difference between if you see a poorly made, which most are DCP of a movie that had like DTS around versus a 35. The sound is night and day. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm with you on that. Damn. I want to see this in the theater now. Yeah. Okay. Nuts. Yeah. Um, so there you go. Sorcerer. We'll move on from Sorcerer. That is available. We got a boys in the band. Yeah. We got well, a boys. Well, boys in the band. I'm just saying Sorcerer you can find on Amazon. I can't really seem to find it anywhere else, but it's $2.99 on Amazon. That's nothing. Just pay it. Or go buy the uh, the Blu-ray from Kuputana. I think Warner Brothers has a Blu-ray of it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, what do you want? Boys in the band? You want to say a little? This is always one of the best ones for the folks that want to knee-jerk call our boy just a boring, crotchety old conservative, which also I just don't know how you can watch any of his movies and think that because it's silly. Uh, (laughs) But Boys in the Band, um, if you haven't seen it, it's kind of better even to just go into it. But it is William Friedkin exploring the uh, world of homosexuality in the late 60s, because um, this comes out in 1970. Um, so, you know, a pretty uh, rough time in this country still uh, to be out. 
And Friedkin uh, really dives into it. And I also, in my opinion, let me know if you agree, but this movie to me is actually, I think, the missing piece to seeing cruising in all its glory. I, I really think, do think they're not they're not the same. They're not about the same thing. But <clears throat> I think the way Friedkin explores this world uh, that he's clearly not a part of, but is very interested in and excited to you know learn about and make something about, I think is the same <laughs> in cruising and in Boys in the Band. Well, he was not involved in the community as far as we know. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean. He dressed it, he dressed like a little dandy back in the day. <laughs> dandy is right. <laughs> yeah, there's a dandyism to his vibe. Um no, I'm with you. I uh I think Boys in the Band, well, not just being a great movie, is like if you do have those knee-jerk reactions to cruising, well, there's boys in the band. But here's the thing with cruising though. Cruising's issues. It's funny when people have them now because it's like there one there is no issue with that movie no. and its depiction of of gay people. It's uh you know, it might sometimes be more accurate than you want it to be maybe in certain instances, but it's not a bad depiction. It's a pretty honest depiction. Well, and also if you want to get mad about a certain part with a certain very large person that uh yes does seem to come out of nowhere that's because the movie was chopped to shit yeah There's a lot more they're all it's fun to think about though too what we do know for sure was cut uh because people would just be more upset i think or would have been yeah um because <laughs> yeah it's great and that's why that that's why that character um we'll just call him a leather daddy i guess that's why the leather daddy character seems so out of left field because they had to take all of the sex out of the movie. Um, yeah. Um, someday. Yeah. Probably not. Probably not. Um, but I don't know. Just if you're still, surely everyone is now, but if you're still not on the other side of feeling weird about liking cruising, um, pop it back on and you can, and I don't even say like, this is one keep, keep your 2023 lens on and it still works and it's still not <laughs> some horrible anti-gay movie. It's just not. So. It isn't. And that all came from when the movie came out, the AIDS crisis was raging. The government wasn't doing a fucking thing about it. And this movie was uh, coming out and people were mad at it before it came out. That's the yeah. problem with cruising is that, we still have played this game of telephone, not ooh, not unlike the boys in the band. This, this <laughs> game of party telephone where we're just like, did you hear it's bad? Did you hear it's offensive? And it just gets more and more distant from the fact that like the issues that people dig up on the internet were when this like cruising was sight unseen. It was like people were like, there were people trying to like destroy they were like just trying to destroy the cameras when they were like shooting in parts of new york like sometimes you're like are we a little too crazy right now with like uh pc sort of things hey no one is trying to smash film cameras because of <laughs> they haven't seen yet um well so it's interesting it's fun to dig into that too though because some of that stuff i do i i can uh 
empathize with, I guess, almost, because uh, not all, but some of the people protesting before it even came out, as you said, are people in the queer community uh, dealing with an AIDS crisis that none of the government, no one in the government gives a shit about and is just truly letting people die. And they get wind that there is this movie made by this supposedly very straight dude starring a supposedly very straight dude about spaces that are very special, you know, to them and important. So I get why people came at it that way, but we're a long ways from that. So we're a very long ways from that. And if you're one of those people, you can probably find issue with boys in the band too. So. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, cause you'll if, find issue with if you have issue with both of these, I'm going to strap you to a chair and make you watch the, the double feature that I bring up all the time that I never got to do with the gay deceivers. And Norman is that you, and then we'll see. And we'll see how you feel about Friedkin's gay stuff. <laughs> That'll show you fucking uh, homophobes. Right. Secret homophobes, the whole audio. Yeah, we all <laughs> we all know what your problem is. Uh, yeah, so Cruising's also available on Amazon, along with Boys in the Band. Yeah, these are not really free streaming anywhere. So Squirrel Warner Away. Brothers. Yeah, exactly. So squirrel away three three ninety nine, two ninety nine, and eventually get to those. So cruising, yeah, I mean cruising is also just one of the most beautifully shot. Like, um, I mean, it, it looks like you know, it almost looks like an Italian production of that time. Oh, of those night. If you need the hook and you're not that interested and you haven't seen it. It is also, in my opinion, very much an American giallo. So if you even want to come at it from that direction, that's also a fun way to watch the movie. Um, so if you're like, I don't know, it kind of sounds boring. You can watch it as a little bit of a slasher movie and it'll be fine. Yeah. So Also view it as a satire of a police officer who can't grapple with his own sexuality. Yep. And there you have a real movie. And you get one of the things that Friedkin loved to do, especially early in his career, is put his in his actors in situations they didn't entirely understand to get performances. Mm-hmm. And it's incredible. Pacino said, I'm in. And then Friedkin said, all right, <laughs> here we go, buddy. I'm not turning these cameras off. Let's go. And you can tell the, the just like Pacino's sweat is very real in quite a few moments in that movie and it's and it's amazing and it really makes it an emotional wallop to watching him uh i think in my opinion very much experience a lot of what goes on in that movie uh for the first time on camera <laughs> probably yeah it's pretty sick it's pretty well, sick to watch. we're all gonna be huffing the hanky today in memory of mr freakin uh, let's keep going up here. Oh, little movie called To Live and Die in L.A. Yeah, another great score, another great movie, another great movie making fun of police officers. It's almost like he was really good at doing that. It's also interesting. Another uh, fun part of Friedkin stuff is he loved to uh, ridicule systems of power. He loved to ridicule cops. Uh but <laughs> he also 
knew exactly what he had to do to get what he needed to do those movies. Now, whether that negates them is up to you, but there's a guy who was an ex member of the NYPD um, or was he LAPD? LAPD, yeah. the guy who he, I'm forgetting his name, but he worked with him basically as a consultant on French Connection and then a bunch of movies after and got him access to a lot of shit that he wouldn't have otherwise. But we love that Freed can use that power to continue to uh, remind us how <laughs> shitty cops are. Yeah, That's how you do it. That's how you do it, you know? You got to make it exciting, too. Because how else are you going to understand the rush that these these people feel? And uh, to live and die in L.A., I don't know. Another perfect movie in this cut. I mean, he was also yeah. so good at like just ripping apart genre. You know, we always talk about how much we love people that play with genre, but he was always one of the most subtle, I thought. One of the most beautifully subtle tinkerers of, uh, of uh, very hard and fast genre cinema. And to live and die in LA very much delivers not what you think you want from a cop movie. No. Because you know, it doesn't take you long to figure out. So what are these criminals accused of? Printing money? Yep. You know, it's like <laughs> it's like it's it, it does a really good job of like you can't really and he's such a dick from the get-go. Like you can't perfectly situate you're like yeah let me get on board with this cop like he's he's really pushing you in an uncomfortable situation within the framework of that and dial doubling down on the popeye doyleisms that we try to scrub yeah. uh friedkin saw the truth in that and he never really wanted to ever in any way shape or form like make cops look good no never Never at all. And he, this, this to me might be, yeah, looking at everything, this might be the one that gets me the most emotionally is to live and die in LA. And it comes down to, in case you haven't seen it, I won't lay out the scene, but it comes out to uh, a uh, culminating moment with Willem Dafoe's character in this movie on a balcony. Yeah wrecks me every time wrecks me every fucking time oh uh, and just also this one will even if you if you want to wait a couple days and not watch it the new 4k disc just came out from kino i believe yep. so you can get that um and really because if there's if there's uh one of friedkin's movies that really begs for more resolution <laughs> it's this one because it's gorgeous uh-huh <laughs> Couldn't agree more. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Uh, um, he also knows to uh, uh, perfectly capture both sunlight and fire in the same shot and uh, get across how different they look color-wise. Maybe that sounds silly. I'm not saying it eloquently, but I think you know what I'm trying to say. It's amazing. No, no, I, I know. I, I'm totally with you. I mean, he was... Uh, he's one of the great cinies. Like, the, he, he does everything. Like, that's what's so sad is not just someone dying but like the fact that this is a guy that truly got it and i mean and then could the next year deliver this television procedural called cat squad that has <laughs> no business being as good as it is 
Nope. I think I was mistaken. The sequel is the one that's not very good. It's definitely the first one here that's that's good. But the original Cat Squad. I don't it, remember. I haven't seen it in forever. I don't remember. The original one is the one that bangs. The other one is a little. Uh, I feel like they recycle things, and it just kind of feels like quick follow up. But Cat Squad has a, a my, an amazing amount of bite. Uh, how it like commits to what it's trying to do. And I think if you really want to see something out there, like something you've never seen, uh, definitely put on Cat Squad because it's yeah, it's an esp- espionage thriller that was made for TV that has so much excitement and so much of those uh, Friedkinisms that. And I, and I was just kind of trying to see, like, I wonder what people think of it. People hate this movie. I, I don't quite understand that. I don't know what you would expect from a TV movie starring well, Friedkin, Friedkin people are so predictable with Friedkin stuff. People are very much only extremes in my experience. Yeah. yeah. I would love to someone put uh cat squad out in proper form. Cause then I'd watch oh. the our, our good old buddy Hertzberg at fun city editions. Please, Primetime Panic Volume 3, if it was Cat Squad. Mm. I don't even know what. I don't even know what I do. But whatever you need to make that happen. <laughs> yeah. I, give us, like, great Hollywood directors doing TV procedural thrillers. Cat Squad. That one movie that John Flynn did with, uh, with Dennis Hopper, where he's that scuzzy cop. Oh, yeah. Shit. Oh, that's gonna kill me but something like that let us yeah. do the work for you jonathan you just take it easy okay <laughs> got yep. you cops uh, on the small screen <laughs> hey but we'll, maybe we'll follow up with an email to him <laughs> here's an idea <laughs> um because i mean that's what everyone who runs small one person boutique labels loves is uh Emails from excited nerds. <laughs> hey. You know what? You know what will be good? <laughs> well, these excited but, nerds wish they could be at the level that he might actually respond to us. So we should. Oh, no. He would, he would you know, he'd be, I'm sure he loves, I, I, it sounds right up his alley, honestly. It's very, it fits with Fun City also. Very. Something tells well. me he's probably tried to. He's probably already trying. Yeah. Anyway, so there's those movies. We we mentioned Rampage. That's not a great way to start, <laughs> but when you really dig him, it, it's a it's an interesting place. Again, kind of got ripped apart when it came out. Tonally, it's very, you know, it's kind of all over the place. Yeah, but again, it helps if you watch. Well, I'll do. You know, this week I'll put up the VHS rip because again, that's still the only way to see the original theatrical cut before Friedkin felt different. Because if you haven't seen it, it is a movie largely about the death penalty, right? There's also a lot of weird shit happening and some cannibalism and, you know, crazy stuff going on. Uh, But, yeah, still stuck on VHS. So I, for all our Patreon people, I'll put up the VHS rip of the original cut of that this week. If anyone wants to check. Yes, because it was shot in 87, uh, premiered in some European countries and then was shelved when the studio DEG went bankrupt. So it sat on release for five years 
1992, Freakin basically re-edited the movie and slightly altered the ending. Um, I guess his yeah. feeling of the death penalty had changed. So, um, yeah, Friedkin's greatest uh, sin was probably dicking with his movies later. But you know, gotta give him credit that that wasn't something. He's not like some of these nerds who, uh, once like technology was available to change shit that they wanted to. He's not one of those. He's been doing it his whole career. <laughs> He was like, oh, okay, I'll change this shit. It's not to add special effects. <laughs> He's yeah. like, nah, you can do it again. <laughs> I guess. I guess that's the better way of fucking with your, like, perfect films, but... Oh, it's yeah. still... I still hate it. You know I do. But oh, yeah, I do, no, I I do. Again, I'm, I'm romanticizing that he was such a shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, he was such a shit, but then he was just such a... I mean, he loves social issues. I mean, we didn't even we didn't even mention the people versus Paul Crump, but like, oh, you yes. know, that's like one of his very first things, and that's the TV that was made for TV. That's amazing. Um, uh, what do you feel about the night they raided Minsky's? It's been too long. I liked it in college. I remember. <laughs> Yeah, it was like one of those movies I wanted to like a lot more than I did. It just always felt yeah. like such a mess. I mean, the first three are the first three are an absolute mess. All three of them, I would say. First three, you got uh, well, the first is fucking goddamn Sunny and Cher, the spoof one. Oh, Good Times. Yes. Oh God, I forgot about that movie. Yeah, I do. I will. You know, you know me. I love getting as much of a whole picture as they can but i would definitely uh hold on the first three if you haven't seen a lot of friedkin if you want to see them all i think they're worth watching and they are it's super interesting to see where he started because <laughs> yeah the fact that he goes especially if you watch all those three because the first three are goofy hot messes that have really cool moments and some good filmmaking and then boys in the band fucking banger but then all of a sudden French connection is just like, Oh, just to let you guys know, I'm the best filmmaker in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. It's like when he stopped doing, yeah, working with Sonny and Cher and doing scripts by like Harold Pinter and Norman Lear, people who probably didn't need to, I think strict adaptations of their work is always going to be tough. Cause they're not, well, Norman Lear was a filmmaker, but Harold Pinter was, yeah. um, but yeah, after he gets away from that shit, yeah, yeah, he's he's really cooking. Yeah, boys in the band, great way to start. And obviously, yeah, French Connection uh, was a movie that has been st- you know ripped off ad nauseum. Every fucking Blu-ray label pumping out these Polizia Tecci box sets and reissues. Every one of those movies owes it all to French Connection and Dirty Harry. Um. I guess so rampage or yeah we talked about a little bit about the guardian guardian you just wish would go crazy you just wish that movie would go absolutely balls to the wall out uh yeah. it doesn't but it's still it's still a fucking blast though i would say uh as long as you go in knowing it's not gonna <laughs> it's not gonna uh it doesn't really ever have a drop, I guess, is the way to put it. Because it keep, it keeps building and you keep thinking it's going to just... You keep thinking it's going to turn into, I don't mean literally, but, you know, when you watch Society and Brian Usna really is like, I am building to the craziest finale you've ever seen. 
Yeah. That's what Guardian feels like, but we don't ever quite get there. But it's still good. <laughs> and and a lot of this is due, as we often have to do to defend this. This movie was going to be directed by Sam Raimi. He was, I think he decided uh to do Darkman instead. Yeah, he did Darkman instead, which I'm glad he did because Darkman fucking rules. <laughs> yeah, Darkman rules. So it's good that he went with that. So basically, I think he had started shooting it. And then walked away from it because there's a lot of Sam Raimi isms in it. Yep. Yep. Um, but yeah, so he like he leaves it. They call in, I think Universal calls in Friedkin. It went through like an insane amount of uh rewrites because the original screenwriter suffered a very serious nervous breakdown in the middle of it, which led Friedkin to do the whole thing himself. I guess that's probably why there's a lot of issues. Seems like maybe the studio might have cut some things out as well. Um, but it's really not his fault. I think he really tried to come in there and and do something with it. And what you don't get with story, the atmosphere is pretty cool. And it's undeniable. But it ain't The Exorcist. So do not go in expecting him back in the horror arena because he's not. <laughs> nope. So, he's uh, reluctantly doing some stuff. <laughs> right. He is reluctantly doing some stuff. So it's kind of like, I honestly, it, it, someone else we talk about a lot, slight sidebar. Yeah. I think it's great to watch The Guardian and The Keep together. Yeah. Those are, both those movies are the same, where you can tell both of them at some point maybe were the two of the greatest horror films ever made but it, whatever for whatever reason it didn't come together but you can still see those uh threads everywhere so you know if you want to do a double bill of movies that just don't quite get there <laughs> that's a good uh, that's a good double feature yeah yeah they're fun it works well um if you don't want horror if you want a good basketball movie blue chips <laughs> mentioned <laughs> it is though it, it is it's like as i love sports movies despite how i feel about sports i'm a huge sports movie fan uh-huh nick yeah. nolte doing his best bobby knight impersonation in it you know he's kicking things he's breaking shit he's got a real attitude yeah I, I watched this movie a lot coming up <laughs> yeah i did too i i we uh a friend of mine had the vhs and i remember we would watch blue chips sometimes but you know mostly because you're like shack's in it oh shit <laughs> penny hardaway's in it yeah. um but there's something very interesting that i almost think that like maybe our uncut gems people could find a lot to like in blue chips mm-hmm well, and I think our, our the Safties find a lot to like in blue chips. I <laughs> uh, definitely the Safties have our yeah. fan chips. Uh, yeah. So go check out blue chips. Uh, Jade, we mentioned that's a Joe Esther House script that should have been a lot better than it was. Oh wait, maybe it can still be better than it was. Pay attention Ooh. to this space. <laughs> We're gonna do our best to. Uh help it be better than it maybe was yeah maybe we're kind of getting into the low the most lo-fi version of the restoration game yep we are doing the thing that no one does anymore because you don't have to normally because everything's being 
restored and put out, which is great, but there's still a couple left. And so we're going to try to give Jade some new life uh, until whoever owns it currently gets wise and does it proper. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know what? On our Patreon, we'll give you a, maybe we'll expand a little bit more on this. Yeah. So moving along real quick, we kind of end his career. We mentioned 12 Angry Men. I'm going to rewatch that. But he ends his career very interestingly. Rules of Engagement is kind of seen as like the comeback movie where he's got a big cast. He's got Tommy Lee Jones. He's got fucking Samuel L. Jackson. Rules of Engagement I watched that also recently. Doesn't hold up. It's my honestly probably that got you know I, uh, of the once he was once he got started movies definitely my least favorite. It's unfortunate too, I, and I, I I wish it was kind of more full in my mind to remember like why I didn't like it, but well, I, it's kind of I made the mistake when I last watched it uh, because we had talked about. Uh, casualties of war just being so incredible yeah um and i watched casualties of war and then immediately after it watched rules of engagement which of course is unfair but it highlighted everything that's wrong with rules of engagement <laughs> which i think it doesn't feel personal at all uh for everyone i think direction i think acting it feels very much like they like everyone went to work to make this movie you know yeah absolutely yeah and it's not there's still good there's still some good stuff some good set pieces and all that but it's kind of it, it's really easy to uh space out during that movie yes it is and maybe <laughs> he's gotten a new shot at this kind of idea with the Kane mutiny court martial coming up uh i think that maybe he gets to kind of work that a little bit differently now that he maybe had some more uh he probably had a little more freedom for this one would be my guess i i would assume he was a little hampered by the studio for uh rules of engagement but well i mean there's a reason he what because it's been yeah over a decade since he made a movie really so i think if he came back it was for good reason yeah well, he comes back, uh, you know, uh, not long after Rules of Engagement. A couple years later, does The Hunted with Benicio awesome. del Toro. Awesome movie. Uh, a, a, a really awesome movie that is deceptively looks like shit just because it looks like a television, like, cop procedural. <laughs> like, it's just, it's very reliant on those, like, kind of gray blues and silvery tone colors, which just put me to sleep most of the time however hunted's pretty fucking engaging and exciting oh it's, so much fun. it's also like freaking why didn't you regrade that one my dude let's get a fresh color palette on that one <laughs> yeah brother brother yeah but but the hunted's still really fun it was a that was a that was a big one for me in high school i loved that loved that movie because benicio of course as many a young high school boy benicio was a big part of that so yeah i mean and he's also just like he's the most badass dude in the world in that movie yep yep you can tell friedkin was like this guy's still not getting quite enough 
in these roles. So it's really, I want to let him off the leash and see if Tommy Lee can catch him. (laughs) There's also that great scene where he's like telling the, like his like daughter, like the girl, the daughter of his like kind of a strange girlfriend. And when he's like explaining how like rabbits hunt and it's like, you seem like you took a big old bump before you did that scene. You are way too excited to explain this to this little girl. Yep. Well, just, he did uh, a fun little uh, aside. Um, in the early days of a video store in Los Angeles called Cinephile Video, uh, this is before a couple of the people who worked there started Cinefamily from there. Mm-hmm. One of their biggest customers was Benicio Del Toro because he's such a huge movie person and because he loves to party. And uh, it was, you know, I wasn't there at the time, unfortunately, but they're some of my favorite stories because they would go, uh, he would come in, but they became friends. And so they would just start to bring him tapes. Basically, any anytime anything came in that was like Bellatar, <laughs> anything sad Hungarian or like brutal art house stuff he loved. But I guess the first time they went to his apartment, they walked in and there's like one couch, a mattress on the floor. And the walls are just stacked with tapes. That's it. And they go in and he just lays there and watches movies and did blow all the time. <laughs> and this is like in, let's see, that would have been, yeah, like 2005, six, seven, around there, I believe. So yeah, he's doing great in life. Like he has a lot of money probably for the first time ever. And he's living in this like shit ass apartment just with surrounded by tapes and cocaine and just like getting ripped by himself watching Bellator movies. So cool. That's how I would spend money. You give us, if you help make this, uh, (laughs) you know, a full on career for us, I promise I won't buy anything extravagant. I'll still live in apartments. Yeah. We won't change our location. We'll just have more movies to watch and talk about for you guys and drugs and drugs. Yeah. And that means we can do more episodes with these drugs. So, you know. Oh, yeah. Also, you really, I mean, you get us enough money to get good speed. We can fit 75 Franco movies into an hour. <laughs> yeah, you think we suck this now? Just wait. We're doing all of eight, 1983 in one <laughs> go. <laughs> oh. Back to our boy Friedkin, but that it just made me think of that because I bet Friedkin met him and was like, you know what, just do a little bit of that uh, that powder you can't seem to not come to work without and do that scene. (laughs) Uh, He shows that he he's doing it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So yeah, we'll kind of we'll we'll round it out here. We since we've already talked about these these two movies, but uh, following the hunted is Bug and Killer Joe. And yeah, they're they're great movies. Uh, Will, both stunners. Yeah, they're both stunners. Will would probably prefer Bug, while I might prefer Killer Joe. But maybe on a given day, that might switch. Yeah, I was gonna say it's it's really hard to pick because it's my like you know kryptonites like p- paranoid uh, ex military people who smoke crack. Yeah, yeah, smoke crack in one room. And, yeah, I see why you, you know, like it. You're like, I remember yeah. this. <laughs> yeah. But then on the other then on the other side, Killer Joe is in my most comfortable space, trailer park, also smoking meth. Yeah. Hot older women 
southern sweaty <laughs> what are, you know I don't, my ex my ex, my ex boo too i know, I know. well yeah, we and it's also a hundred percent the only hollywood movie i'm you know i'm confident on this i don't like to say hard lines but i'm confident this is the only hollywood movie where someone is uh introduced bush first uh, yeah on screen so i also that doesn't make she uh well i also heard that she insisted that's how it started hell yeah she did that's why oh that's why gina is just always the hottest in any given room because she's like i'll do this movie with you billy but you gotta let me have a bush entrance (laughs) he's he's like what she's like yeah pubes first that's how i'm coming into this picture yeah she did not ask for a merkin is what i heard she rocks yeah i heard i've I've got lots of good juicy backstage tidbits about gina gershon uh yeah no yeah damn you know what killer joe is going on tonight that's that's what i'm watching tonight that's the vibe um did not see the devil and father amorph his documentary about a a priest being uh (laughs) like performing exorcisms on women but it's uh it's fine it's worth watching is it it's I, think where people, I think this is where people have like been like Ugh. oh i mean it's not good it is not good but it is worth watching if you're a friedkin person I you know what? I, that'll be tonight as well because i haven't seen it so interesting yeah, yeah I don't, huh. also i forgot he was developing the killer joe tv series yeah, I was going to kind of round out with the things that he never got to do. But yes, the uh, the Killer Joe TV series would have been pretty cool. I was really thinking that with uh, maybe this is why this is hitting so hard, because I was, you know, revisiting some of his movies, not knowing this was coming. Maybe the something was in the air, but I was thinking like, boy, I'm so excited for his new movie. I can't wait to see. Maybe this will be him like getting back. John Carpenter seems to be getting back on the horse. There's rumors of Brian De Palma getting back on the horse. Paul Verhoeven's really about to start cooking hard again. And it was like, just give us the masters back, please. Well, I think it's, I think everyone, I mean, everyone knows. I mean, everyone's getting old, man. They know. Yeah, they know. They They fucking know. Well, there's a good one to end this one. What we thought was going to be a certain episode has now been, you know, we had lots of good stuff planned for this episode. So if you want to hear what that is, might you go over to the Patreon, five bucks a month, you're going to get extra episodes. And like Will mentioned, get in on it now before someone has a problem with it. But we're putting more than just episodes up for our Patreon members. Yeah. That's all we'll say. Yep. We can't say. it's not not it's not nudes don't worry that disappointed a couple people but you can dm us you want you want you want that you want a a nude of will he'll give it to you that's true i mean there's there's some it's still out there i think because i you know when i used to have my uh meltdowns i would put really graphic naked pictures of myself on instagram so look those up (laughs) 
Oh boy. Uh, yeah. In fact, if you can come across those, why don't you just email those over to us and uh, <laughs> we'd love to see those again. Um, all right. Well, that's the episode for today. RIP. Yeah, we love you, Billy. Billy, Billy yeah. Friedkin. Billy Friedkin. Billy Friedkin. The goat. All right. So this means you're probably not going to get your episode on Wednesday. This is your episode for the week. We just have to put it up to as soon as possible. So anyway, RIP making the sign of the cross for our boy. We hope you live on on the beautiful celestial plane. And with that, we'll see you Sunday to do the episode that we had planned today. (laughs) Bye, friends. Goodbye.